Happy Monday. Hey, are people asking you what you're going to do this holiday? Is it starting to feel awkward? Are you starting to feel weird because you're not quite sure what to say to them? Yeah. Well, this episode is for you. I was thinking that maybe we don't have to be beholden to some of those old traditions. I was thinking that maybe if you prefer to stay at home, you can. And I was thinking maybe you could have a really good time doing it. And I was thinking that maybe that we could wake up some of that inner creativity and have a little fun. So let's talk about it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this introverted episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad PJ Brown, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now... I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad. And let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. So. Brass Tacks is about story time today. Uh, this has been a very, very difficult week. I'm going to adjust myself in the chair. Please ignore any and all outside noises because city, you know. This has been a very stressful week. Um, doesn't mean that it's been terrible because I am working on gratitude. Gratitude positively reduces wrinkles, facial lines, and uh, it it continues to create bounce to your skin and a sheen and a luster. Um, so I'm working on that. But I'm but on to our little story time. Um, I'm going to negate names. Um, you know, for their own respect for them. Um, but somewhere I was this week, um, someone who I'm very fond of, P.S., uh, told me that someone in their household was sick. Um, sick meaning COVID. Um, and That immediately freaked me out because here I was with that person who lived in that household and I was really concerned that um, I was going to get infected. Now, mind you, for those of you who have listened to this podcast before, you know how I feel about it. 
And you would also know that for the for the year and a half that we were quarantined, I left my house a grand total of five times. And two of those times were to get my vaccine shots. Um, other times I did live stream shows and things like that were uh, no contact live stream shows and things like that. But the point of the story is that I did not leave the house for quite some time. Um, I stayed in the house. I had massive anxiety about it. I made sure I washed my hands when I got all my deliveries. I made sure I sanitized my things. I made sure I stayed away from everyone even my loved ones, even the people I cared about. I got invitations to go do things. I I declined and not just from some old introvert, don't want to go kind of thing, but literally fearing for my life. In the time that, it, during that time, I was worried about losing more loved ones because I had already done that. And watching the people around me losing people they care about as well as losing people I care about was horrifying to me. Um, the reason I bring it up is because when things like this happen, people say things like, oh, you know, if you get it, you'll be all right or it shouldn't be too bad. Well, we don't know that actually. And... No one can give me the argument that it's not serious and it's not, and that it's okay and it, it'll be all right because it hasn't been all right. We've lost people. And not only have we lost people, but we are still in this pandemic and really in an endemic because I feel like this thing is going to be around forever. Um... Hmm. So I don't know. It's it's just it's stressful, it's sad, it's depressing, it's worrisome, it it bothers me. Um and it was horrible. Uh long story short though, I did go and have a test done, so I got a negative result. That's great. I am going to probably take another test in a few more days just to be doubly sure, but it was horrifyingly terrifying and I don't want to be in that position again. I know that I put my life in my hands every single time I step outside my door to go to work and things of that nature and that's bad enough, but I just don't, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I know I don't have a lot of uh, choice when it comes to that. I have to make a living. I have to go to work. But it makes me very sad that this is the situation that we are all in. It makes me resentful that I am forced to go out and make a living um, when it is still not safe outside. And that bothers me so very much. Okay, so that was my story time. And I guess I'm just sharing this with all of you because I would like to think that the people who listen to this podcast are educated and 
um, at least compassionate enough to care about other people and, you know, even if they don't worry about their own health and safety, perhaps they worry about others. Um, I would really love to believe that. And we're, it's getting so that we're at a place where it's not about personal opinion or personal comfort. It's really about not only looking out for yourself, but looking out around for the world around you. And I just don't understand why people can't figure that out. And I'll say this, hey, if you don't want to get vaccinated, if you don't want to do that, you are completely welcome to not do that. But stay the hell away from me and mine. Stay away from that. I haven't seen my dad in two years because I am terrified I'm going to inadvertently carry something over to him. So just be safe out there. Be hypervigilant. Wash your hands for the love of all that is holy. And take care of yourselves and each other. All right, there we are. There it is in a nice little bow. Now let's get on with the episode. Today we're going to start off with an article that I got from refinery29.com. It was really, really great. And it was by Rosalind Jana. And I, it was written at the beginning of the pandemic. And I find that not much has changed, sadly. And I thought it was inspiring and I wanted to share it with you. So away we go. For as long as I can remember, I've had a dressing up box. As a child with a penchant for playing dress up, it was pretty standard affair. A white wooden box filled with striped t-shirts for pirate purposes, a twinkly black nylon and pointed hat for witching season. More princess style garb came courtesy of the occasional dress my Alaska dwelling grandmother brought over for to the UK each year when she came to visit. These were often red, featuring roses or frilly sleeves. While pretending to be orphans, a perennial favorite for anyone who grows up reading well any children's literature, but especially Frances Hodgen Burnett's The Secret Garden or Ava Ibbotson's Journey to the River Sea, there were haphazardly dyed tops and rag skirts from my parents' hippie-ish pre-children days. In fact, my mother, an ex-drama teacher, kept the dressing up box very well stocked costumes and masks from school productions and scarves in pink, blue, and yellow from local market stalls, joining the hats and eye patches. As a teenager, this box morphed into a drawer, though at that age, I probably could have counted my whole wardrobe as one big dressing up project given my taste for splashy 60s cocktail frocks and faux fur. Slowly though, this drawer filled up with an especially gaudy collection of sparkling dresses, capes, 
plastic beads, fake flowers, hideous wigs, and netting underskirts with saggy elastic at the waistline. Same girl. It was the kind of place where ripped 30s gowns, fabric faded like pressed flowers, were squished in on top of metallic American apparel leggings that made one look like a scaly, slightly rainbow-tinted lizard. (laughs) Value and age mattered much less than potential, and all I cared about was the effect, merrily veering between garment befitting teenager wait teenage ravers and slightly down at down at heels stars of the silent screen come the festive season i put this drawer to especially good use in our czech english household we were celebrated on both christmas eve and day and there was always a sense of occasion to dress for one year i wore a bright red and white polka dot jumpsuit with hems so long they required towering heels. In another, I emulated the tree in a dress covered in big gold paleolettes the size of coins, the style making a shushing sound like waves raking over pebbles whenever I moved and leaving imprints on the backs of my legs if I tried to sit down. Other forms of festivity got the same treatment. Age 17, I turned up at a friend's party, clad head to toe in silver, from my lorex vest to my beaded shoes to my false eyelashes and the gleaming metal braces wired over my gappy front teeth. Holidays aside, and up to the point of going to university, my main dressing up domain, though, was my bedroom. Okay. In my later teens, the sequence had occasional showings at parties or festivals. I dread to think of the photos of me in a bottle green tutu with slashes of glitter across my cheeks lurking somewhere out there. But much of that I owed didn't strain, didn't stray very far. Sure, I dressed up with mates who wore those horrible sticky silver eyelashes to dance in my friend's kitchen, but this, though these sporadic experiences were outweighed by the more private motions of trailing outfits and appraising the sartorial outcome in my dressing room table mirror. I often found dressing up safest at home anyway, more than safe, exhilarating. With my bedroom door closed, I was free to experiment, flinging on turquoise feather hats and opera gloves, daubing eyeshadow on my brows, trying on dress after dress until the floor around me was a sea of turquoise rayon, white lace, and watery wash silk. I pulled things on and off, tied my belts in knots, staggering across my carpet in platform heels, and generally made a fuss and a mess until I felt like I'd satisfied this particular itching urge. Even now, I'm not sure how to characterize that desire to dress up for me. I know it partly came from a general sense of outsiderishness that was perhaps satisfied when the reflection looking back confirmed this feeling of difference. I also know I took a simple magpie-like pleasure in the acquisition of beautiful garments. There was a very childlike, imaginative streak in it too, the expansive sense of play that came in flinging on a cape and some lipstick or Oh, deliberating over what colors and proportions complemented each other when it came to the careful layering of silk slips or mint mini dresses. I like the sense of changeability, perhaps seeing it as a promise that one's sense of self or visual otherwise 
was never fixed. I have thought a lot about these teenage dress-up sessions recently. The pandemic has turned us into backward-facing people, raking over past experiences or watching them rise to the surface in lieu of the usual stack of the new sensations and people and places that make normal years worth of new memories. I suppose too that I found myself contemplating this rather solitary activity for more immediate reasons. Right now, it feels not just memorable, but proximate. As an adult, my dressing up box was no longer confined to what was reflected in the oval frame of my bedroom mirror. Instead, its contents got regular outings. Friends came over for dinner and pulled on ball gowns afterwards. I delved into it for last minute garb for club nights and parties. Tip, a necklace made out of plastic bugs is incredibly handy for any surrealism themed do, especially when pinned into one's hair with a black veil over the top. Noted. I relish this, <laughs> the sociable dimensions of dressing and dressing up. The mytholic, mytholic, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't read. The methodical rituals of getting ready, the final outfit checks, the fun of being on public transport and something that made other people's heads swivel. Oh yes, all the time. I've enjoyed seeing and being seen, my clothes forming part of a wider conversation and back and forth traffic of glances with those around me. This year, there have been very little of that. No complimenting of strangers' inventive outfits, not much reason to buy new extravagant ones or spending hours weighing up the best silhouette for an event. Have I still enjoyed dressing? Absolutely. But my attentions have also been largely focused on which shirt and knitted tank top combination that goes best with my relentlessly worn jeans. Yes, in a way, this has been liberating. Day to day, I've been able to accept clothes as something providing function and comfort, not just pleasure. Perhaps in caring less, I felt more at ease. Still, as this year has worn on, this has been an undercut by another feeling, a restless one. After a summer of linen smocks and loose cotton shirts, I've spent much of autumn and winter yearning for glamor, not just glamor, irreverence, silliness, lavish fabrics. I found myself saving endless pictures to my phone of Bianca Jagger at Studio 54, Liza Minnelli in scarlet spangled jumpsuits, Kate Bush wearing quilted gold dresses, Diana Ross in feathers, the dancer, the dancer Michael Clark in a beret and glam rock platform boots, the Tom Ford era Gucci velvet tuxedos with natty little neck scarves. With the festive season approaching and no holiday parties to go to, I've also begun drifting back toward my own dressing up box too, pulling things out for the sake of it. I have rehabilitated my hideous Jean-Paul Gaultier jeans found in a thrift shop that looked like someone threw up a kaleidoscope on them and rediscovered an orange rhinestone speckled dress that would be perfect for Dolly Parton impersonations. I have bought semi-ridiculous things on eBay like a lime green suede Donna Karen belt with a huge gold buckle, though sadly the red satin Miu Miu trousers got away, and I feel like I'm back in my teenage bedroom twirling for the mirror as I take photos on my phone.
This is the spirit I want to maintain for Christmas and New Year. Regardless of social opportunity, I have realized that there is something both reassuring and profoundly uplifting in being able to look like a human disco ball or a green velvet clad tree, even if the only people to appreciate the effect in real life are my girlfriend and my cats. This is meant to be the season of kitsch, sparkle, and uncomfortable footwear, regardless of the fact that there are very few places to wear my finery to this year. I want to maintain the same relish for both the fun and the unruliness of dress that I had before. Parties and bars and conviviality of a packed noisy room might be off limits, but I've realized that the tactile pleasure is all still there. Now folding away in a clear perspex box full of sequins, satin coats, ruffled shirts, and 70s gowns with sweeping sleeves, always ready to be spun around a bedroom or paraded through the kitchen once more. <laughs> Rosalind, seriously though, you're not wrong. So last week's episode and Rosalind's article that I read to you today got me to thinking. True, we might not quite feel safe enough to go out and about and do our thing, but it doesn't mean that we can't find a way to still enjoy ourselves. And I remember dressing up and I'm sure most of you do too. Why can't we do that now? The answer is we can. Maybe I'm trying to say we should. Even if you're not going anywhere this year, even if you're not having a party, that's not to say that you can't rejuvenate the joy of getting dressed and trying things on and twirling around and taking way too many pictures. That's not to say you can't do that. And frankly, I think you should. So I think I want to pick it back up. I think I want to get everyone to do that. Even if you're not going anywhere at all, the process of getting dressed, put on some music, go through your closet. Remember that dress that you have in the back that you can't wear or you told yourself you couldn't wear? Put it on. Put that fabulous outfit on and make yourself a charcuterie board and pour yourself a glass of something and sit there and wear that outfit and eat it. Put on some music, have a good time. Take way too many pictures, save them. You never know, that could be a profile pic later if you get a good one. Start enjoying the little things. Start enjoying all those things. I have so many things in my closet. I don't even know what's in there anymore. Maybe it's time for me to find out. Maybe it's time for me to put those things on just for funsies. Maybe it's time for you to wear that makeup look that you said that you couldn't wear. Try orange eyeshadow. Do something nuts. Wear your hair in a crazy updo that you've been wondering what you'd look like in an updo. Do all kinds, do, wear the wig that you have. Everybody's probably, just about everyone's got one somewhere. Style it and then put it on and wear it and take a bunch of pictures just for the fun of it. 
Sure, we might not be able to get out there and do some of the things that we were doing before, but we can still have some fun. And I know, I know, there's some people that are still, that are just, there's some people that are going to go out no matter what. Um, and hopefully they're safe when they're doing it. And this is not for those people. They're, those extroverts are chomping at the bit. They got to get out there. They got to be a part of it. They got to mix it up. And I'm not, I'm not hating but for those of us who don't have that built in, there are still things that you can do. And I just wanted to point that out. And I just wanted to give you a little food for thought during the here this holiday season that doesn't quite feel like a holiday season. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed bringing it to you. There are only two more episodes until we get into a brand new year and I have you to thank for it. As always, I am waiting anxiously for your stories. I love hearing them and if you have a story you'd like to share, feel free to let me know. If you have a friend that has a small business that they'd like to share, bring them to me and you biggins, get on over here too. I'd love to talk to you as well. Don't be shy. You can always message me in one of three ways. You can message me on Facebook at Beauty Reform School or Instagram at Beauty Reform School, or you can go right to the source at beautyreformschool.com. And I want to thank you so much for as far as we have come so far. I owe it all to you. Thank you so much for your listenership and thank you in advance for your listenership in the future and pencils down classes dismissed and I'll see you next week. <laughs>